1: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 29th edition of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to start the preseason here. We had a lot of media days, a lot of scrimmaging. Lonzo Ball, 6-0 for his scrimmages. Uh, We're going to talk about kind of the top 10 things we learned slash takeaways from all this. I'm mixing some stuff along the way. With me to do so is Ryan Canass. What's up,
0: man? Uh, no much, a little over two weeks away, and then the uh, season commences. It's kind of kind of wild,
1: yeah. We are, we're here, man. Uh, no more sitting around and twiddling my thumbs and watching day baseball. And although I, yeah. I will, I will add, I am in the uh, championship of my very, very, very active baseball league. I've made 660 transactions, uh, in five <laughs> What? Yeah. Wow, and my opponent has more. He's six sixty nine. Very nice. Congrats. So um, yeah, I'm winning. I'm winning pretty big. He, uh, feeling, he needs.
0: Oh, okay. So you're feeling
1: confident. Yeah, I'm, he needs to really clean up. We, uh, total bases is a big category for us, and he needs to out total base me by about forty over the weekend here. So he, okay. if he could do that, and but everything else, I pretty much got. So it's, that's what's going to come down to. Pretty pumped, man. Like I invest so Very much nice. time in this, and then also, Congrats. also this. Yeah, I'm also this What's weekend, up? man, um, Curb, baby. Curby Enthusiasm back. Is it this weekend? Yeah, Sunday. That's wild. I love yeah. it because
0: the HBO uh, slate's getting a little thin these days. Yeah. So we need the return of Curb of the, the legend.
1: I can't wait, man. Uh, the Ringer did a top, they ranked pretty much every episode. And they had some interesting choices. They did The Freak Book was number one. Which was alright, obviously I'm a Johnny McEnrail guy, but it number one to me it has to be Palestinian chicken. I mean that that episode's just so perfect.
0: I will say that's one that stands out in my memory. Yeah. And I was saying recently I haven't seen a lot of the early seasons since I was in college and yeah. they first aired. But there there are some just iconic moments and, and episodes that stand out, and that's absolutely yeah. wonderful.
1: in the carpool lane. I'll, every time I see a carpool lane, I always think of Larry David or if someone's pulled over, especially on the carpool lane. Like, ah, I should have yeah. did what Larry David did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get down to this. Uh, I will add, we're going to do a preseason pod tomorrow. So four teams are playing and lots of juicy stuff with the Lakers, Nuggets, Wolves, and Warriors. So we are gonna leave them out of this edition and we'll pretty much talk about them tomorrow. Um so the number one thing for me, and this isn't surprising, is Dennis Smith Junior's hype train is still is rolling. Uh and this thing is like every tra- Thomas the train, the train from Goldeneye, all all these trains are just roll like they, they have they have nothing on the D S J hype train. Um they are they're talking him up, they he's very comfortable on everything Carlisle says. They're, he, he's just wowing, And this is a guy that Carlisle, he bashes rookies like it's nothing. Um, so for him to say this the way he's, he has been, it, 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 it's moved. I've been taking pretty much Jamal Murray before DSJ. I flip him now. Uh, I'm taking DSJ pretty much fifth round all day. Uh, I, I want DSJ so, so bad.
0: Yeah, and there, we, we've heard a lot of rookie hype. I mean, every year it happens. Coaches yeah. talk up the rookies. They say, you know, this small forward could probably play some center, and this small forward could play point guard, blah, blah, blah. There's there's always optimism springs eternal during yeah. this time of year. Um, but Rick Carlisle, Rick as you mentioned, not a coach known for, for heaping praise on his rookies. So it kind of it counts double when it, when it's coming from him. And you look at their depth chart, and yeah, DSJ's in a perfect situation. Um, you know, Barea and, and Yogi, not, not a lot of competition. Devin Harris can't stay healthy. So I'm loving it. My only concern is that there is so much hype that this guy went from being a potential steal in the middle rounds to, like you said, you're going to have to start looking at him at, you know, late 40s and, and so forth. So it's really pumped. You know, bumping up his visibility in the fantasy community. Yeah. So maybe not as much of a value as, as we would have liked, but um, for sure, it's all it's all trending in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I always remember Damian Lower, who had the same kind of thing, except he actually had less competition than DSJ does. But I remember that season, I took him sixth round, and he made it work that year. I mean, he was just phenomenal. So I mean, it's not unprecedented that you have to reach for a rookie, and like we said, the rookies are kind of trending up nowadays. And then also to tie into this... Uh, two noteworthy points. Uh, Carl said, one, they're going to push the pace after being 29th last year. I love that. That'll be better for steals, threes, and just overall stats. And they're also going to use the full-court press more. So more steals probably coming from that. Again, that also helps the pace. And they also said they're playing Devin Harris at the three, which really goes to show you, you know, you're you're not getting point guard minutes, buddy. We got this locked down. Uh, and then also DSJ said that, he and Seth Curry could be a quote big time backcourt in the NBA, yep. so that is noteworthy as well because we don't really know what's up. West Johnson, Wes Johnson, sorry, West Matthews has a sore ankle, same ankle as the Achilles, so we don't know what's up with that. Um, I think that Wes is probably favored to start, but being hurt right now could really set him back, and we saw Curry thrive late last year, so it, 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 it's not money wise, makes sense to to start West because they paid him so much. But uh, yes, that's still a, a real nice target late.
0: Yeah, so, solid play. Uh, you and I talked enough about Harrison Barnes in yeah. the last pod. We don't need to go over that again. But he's looking good. Going to be playing small ball power forward. Um, you know, Dirks expected to start at center, so it does sound like they're going to go small a lot, which plays to to DSJ's strengths. And yeah, there's just a lot to like there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we were talking before. And we were thinking, like, 16, 17 points, sixes, dimes. I think he's going to be close to two steals. I mean, this guy is very aggressive in passing lanes from what I saw in college. Yeah, maybe
0: two, two threes a game. And yeah. if you're looking at the, you know, there's a pretty heady rookie crop, uh, rookie crop this year. Yeah. But I think you got to take, for fantasy purposes, at least this year, you got to take DSJ over Fultz, right? And Oh, no the question.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I think that Fultz is getting... Is firmly number three, and he's getting pretty close to four, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but mean, in
0: early mocks, Fult, Fultz was going number one. Yeah. DSJ was going in like the 60s, 70s, and you can see the, the rapid progression. People are starting to catch on.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are really talking about Ben Simmons. Uh, we'll talk about the Sixers in a little bit. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, the, other, the other rook, there's going to be a lot of rookie hype in here. This is kind of what we, what we do in the preseason because we don't know much about these guys. Um, us being not much of college people. But um, they are really, really, really talking up Jason Tatum. If you remember back when they drafted him, there was talk of, okay, we're going to put him on the Jalen Brown plan where he won't play much. But that changed course when they got rid of Jake Crowder, obviously. So Kyrie has called him bad dude. Um, uh, Al Horford said he's going to be ready to contribute. Uh, Brad Stevens says he'll be uh, – if the Celtics are going to peak – uh, and be kind of a number one seed. They will need Jason Tatum to play well. Uh, they're saying how NBA ready he is. He's uh, you know got it upstairs for just seeing the game and uh, doing work in transition, which they want to do more of. I mean, they're saying all these things. And again, I don't. Re- I'm not after what they did with Brown. This didn't happen with Brown, who was also a number three pick. Tatum's a better talent, but. I'm kind of buying now. Um, I mean, every time I get to... If my boys, Prince, and other guys that I usually target around there are gone, I'm down to take Tatum at this point. Uh, I, I'll see what he does. This guy was just so, so good in Summer League. Uh, and he yeah. can do everything. I think he's gonna. I think he could get... If he gets 24 minutes, you're talking pretty close to a block, pretty close to a steal. I think he'll get over a three. Uh, he's going to be a good free throw shooter. I mean, this guy's... I don't want to say Kevin Durant, but he's got a lot of Kevin Durant-ish kind of things going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, the long-term upside is unquestioned. Um, the summer league performance was astounding, but a lot of that was it sort of left me with questions. Because, number one, he was the featured option. He's not going to be that most of the time on the court uh, as a rookie. Two, he was hitting shots that were just tough shots. like He hit such a wide array of crazy fadeaways and stuff so he's gonna have to figure out how to find easier shots so there's there's definitely a learning curve but more you know if Hayward stays healthy if Jalen Brown stays healthy uh and then Marcus Morris they don't have a ton of depth so you could see him getting solid minutes in the rotation but I don't I mean do you see him going north of 25 minutes a game
1: I think so. You mentioned Marcus Morris, and I am probably one of the lowest on Marcus Morris among people who watch NBA. I don't like how he plays. Uh, he's like we said all all off season. Avery Bradley out rebounded him last year. Um, Drummond helps now, so now I don't think Bradley's numbers going to be good. But I mean, I, I don't see that as a roadblock. And the way they've been talking him up, and they haven't said anything about Marcus Morris, who's had some legal trouble, by the way, but. I mean, I think, and they talked about playing him at the four as well, so all the right things are happening, and, I mean, when stuff like that is that clear that they want to play this guy, and he's going to be in the rotation, it sounds like. So uh, I'm I'm down, man. Uh, yeah, and they uh, have Orford's... literally no,
0: no depth. Like, if you're, you know, if, if Morris is, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the legal situation, but if he does face a suspension, there's no depth. I mean, yeah. they have Yabusele, they've got behind Horford, it's just Aaron Baines. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're going to need someone to play power forward. Yeah. They, they might have to go small ball, and Tatum would be that guy.
1: The one, and by the way, uh, the dancing bear, Yabusele, looks yoked, man. And This guy, this guy is so cut. Cool. He's a beast. Uh, the one checkmark of quotes that I'm looking to see is, Hey, we're bulked up to play the four. That's the only one we're missing. If we say that, if we hear that, then I'm... That I'm Really, really on Jason Tatum. After we were, we were really down on him. And I just got to mention that Evan Silver for football, the football goat. Uh, he he uh, DM'd me on Twitter. He's like, "Yo, why are you guys so down on Tatum?" This is before the Crowder trade. We're like, "Hey, man, I mean, they're saying all these things, and like, it, it flipped for me once. Once Crowder went. Anything else, uh, Celtics wise? You want to add? Um, no, obviously, Kyrie's I mean, been great. Go again,
0: ahead. we're talking a lot about rookies, and yeah. I think a lot of these guys are going to, you know, every year we see after the All Star break rookies can be phenomenal teams kind of turn them loose i don't think that's going to happen with boston and that's why it's so important that we hear during training camp that they love this guy they like his versatility they you know he's do- doing and saying all the right things so he's establishing himself as a legit rotation player as opposed to us just relying on the team you know kind of not necessarily tanking but just just turning their young guys loose um, that's what you need to see from the Celtics and Jason Tatum, and that's what we are seeing. So.
1: Yeah, and one other quote, too, that you hinted at, uh, he had a funny quote um, about Summer League to the NBA. He said, quote, I tried to switch on a pick-and-roll against Kyrie. It wasn't Summer League. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that also tells you that they're willing to play him in pick-and-roll situations on both ends. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, again, this is looking really up for him. Uh, what other Celtics stuff? We got, uh, Horford, I think, is, again, a bargain uh, Kyrie. I've got Kyrie kind of late, later than I thought, in a couple different drafts with non-Roto World guys. I mean, I got him, I think, at 17 and 16. He doesn't go there when we draft. He's usually, yeah, like, 14. He's going
0: right around the turn, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> usually, like, a, we, uh, have, we Marcus have the...
0: Smart is kind of a sneaky value. I yeah. mean, the percentages, nobody likes that. But he's, he's a good Roto guy. Like, he's, he's got interesting... Or uh, rather, head-to-head, I guess, would be the ideal place to get him. But even in Roto, he's a solid late-round value, I think.
1: Yep. And also, um, what else? Yeah, and uh, I I still haven't done the punt field goal percentage. I I want to do that in a legit mock. That's next next on my to-do list. Um, So we want to tie in this number two thing that we learned. It's kind of good players on good teams. The other guy who's kind of made some noise has been Bam Adebayo. They really talked him up. Uh, Gordon Dragic called him a force of nature. They're saying he's been guarding fives. He can guard fives. Udonis Hasm said that. Uh, Spo said they're going to play him at the four. They said they want to have him handle the ball. I don't know if I buy that. But um, they, they trust his shot. They, all these positive things are really coming out. And there's an opportunity here. Uh, we've seen Spogos positionless as well. So two positions. Getting Willie Reed's minutes could be big for him. I think he has a good shot at that. Uh, he fits how they want to play. Uh, I think he meshes well with guys like Winslow and, this, and again, the smaller guards who he's going to have to switch a lot. He has the agility to do that from what I saw. So Definitely a guy I've got my eye on, uh, especially if Whiteside ever gets hurt. Um, I think he has really nice upside and blocks. Again, he's a decent shooter, um, so a nice floor for uh, Roto Leagues.
0: Yeah, just a guy who's tough for me to, to take on draft day yeah. because it's purely on spec. I mean, you mentioned Willie Reed's minutes, but he didn't play more than 20.5 minutes in any month last season, and that was January, and I, I haven't looked, but I would wager Whiteside missed some games. I think that was the spell where he started yep. and, and kind of went off for a while. So excluding that month and excluding October when there were only three games, he didn't average more than 14.4 minutes in a month. So there's not a lot of minutes there. And then you look at power forward and you got, you know, you can't forget about Kelly O'Linnick who's there. They re-signed James Johnson. They clearly like what he could do. Uh, Justice Winslow could maybe get some power forward minutes. So there's just a lot of competition. Um, so even if Bam is getting, you know, the backup center minutes and a handful of power forward, it's just not enough for standard 12-team leagues.
1: One thing I noticed on Winslow, and this is why, I'm, again, I'm not drafting him to throw that, be that be very clear on that with Bam, but they seem kind of down on Winslow. I mean, I, I've read so much negative stuff and so much concern. Not negative, but just not what I was expecting. You usually hear the more yeah. upbeat stuff when a guy's coming off an injury and also right. a bad, bad season, hasn't really played well. So, um, first, yeah, man. first
0: quote I heard this year was Pat Riley saying he's got to fight for his job Yeah, with a guy like Rodney McRuder and, and so it's like, yeah, why, right, why are they talking about a guy like that? And, and I mean... He's got a lot of holes in his game, and especially for fantasy, the percentages are untenable almost. Yeah, it's, um, it's bad. definitely. So there's a lot, lot of question marks there. Yeah. Not a guy, like, I mean, you've mentioned already half a dozen small forward types who I would take before Winslow yeah. in the I would runs. take Tatum for sure
1: right now. Yeah, absolutely. I would take Jalen Brown as well. I could keep going. It we'd would, it would have an hour pod if we list players we take over Winslow. Um, so let's move on then. <clears throat> Joel Embiid trust the practice. Uh, He did half court five on fives first time since March, uh, his surgery and beyond that when he had the injury in January that he's gone five on five. So that's a big step for him. He's also the other big quote was I don't think he's gonna play in 82 games. Again, that's kind of obvious, but still kind of disheartening to hear that. Um, Again, we 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 love to hear the optimism and take it with a grain of salt, but so um, not so not so much here. So. What are we thinking for maybe games projections? Um, Rashawn Holmes, we really talked up in the last pod as well. Who we really like? Um Elko Elkforce also in shape, but that's kind of I think they're pushing the trade market on him. But any other and also Ben Simmons is really loud at camp. Um, any other uh, Sixers takeaways that you've noticed? We don't need to really talk about Embiid very much. We did on the last one.
0: Yeah, Embiid. I was gonna say it's like every every time it, it just always comes down to the injuries. I think I'm projecting him right around 60, 65 games, maybe 70, high end, and that's just because I think the Sixers are going to be very careful with him, uh, minutes-wise. So I don't, you know, that's that's assuming that he doesn't re-injure anything or suffer a new injury. Um, yeah, just you know, everything we've said before, the risk, probably the premier risk-reward guy this year, would you would you say?
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, every player that goes in the top fifty, even in the top one hundred, he's like the risk, ris- riskiest pick for sure.
0: Like yeah, he's, he's the so, all
1: captain of the all risk team.
0: Yeah, typically, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll never be the guy to take yeah. someone like that. So, I, I maybe I'm not the one to speak to it. But. Yeah,
1: no, I won't be. I have him on that one team. But that's only because I just wanted him for. So I'm going to watch every game, and I'm a little extra rooting yeah. interest, you know.
0: So how do you feel? I got, I got a couple of questions. We, we talked about Robert Covington last time, so we could kind of skip him. But how do you feel about J.J. Redick, especially with Luawu's, you know, knee tendinitis I didn't think was a big deal during the, uh, t- during the summer. I wasn't too worried when he sat out games for Eurobasket. But it's continued into training camp. You'd like to think that Philly's just being extra cautious. But this is starting to be a concern. Um, and also, I, I kind of like Reddick. I think he's in a sweet spot as a shooting guard. You know, we saw Nick Skouskitz play 20-something minutes a game, and Redick is, you know, multiples better than him. So how do you like Redick's outlook, and does Luau play into that at all?
1: I haven't drafted him yet, Um, and and more because I think I'm usually good on threes, and I want to – I mean, Redick's upsides 75, like, in a perfect – I mean, could you really see him being a top 60, top 50 guy? He'd have to hit, like, three threes a game, I'd say.
0: Yeah, no, and yeah. very much, as you said, the the specialist angles. Yeah,
1: but no, I think he's legit. I mean, if you really find that you got a lot of bigs in your roster and you didn't get a lot of guys who shoot threes, then yeah, sure, I think you can fit your roster pretty nicely. It's just not how I've been drafting. Uh, you mentioned Nick Stauskas. Pilates! This, this off season, and he's down to 3% body fat. Um, Talk to me about yoga, too. Yeah, right.
0: So, this, these off Oh, things. man,
1: yeah. I always talk about Roy Hibbert. Every year it was like, oh, he's boxing. Oh, he's doing Pilates. Oh, he's doing martial arts now. Oh, he's doing this. He's doing that. Yeah, like, uh, Roy I'll, Hibbert I'll,
0: had believe a, when, I'll believe it when he's retiring.
1: Yeah, Roy Hibbert had a different off-season thing every year. It was so funny. Um, kind of missed that guy. Anyways, um... Yeah, like we said, I, I wouldn't really touch those guys. Um, so I, I just can't wait to watch this team. And also, uh, of note, uh, Covington says he and Simmons have good chemistry. So uh, again, they're fully expected to start next to each other, and can't wait to see how they sh- uh, how they fit that roster together. Man, it's going to be they've got uh, he's got quite a full cupboard, Mister Brett Brown does. Um, the other thing that uh, that Jazz had a scrimmage today, and I think they put out their starting lineup on one team together. Um, that was kind of as expected, Rubio, Ingles, Hood, Favors at the four, which was the big check for me, and then Gobert, who apparently was ridiculous in scrimmage. Uh, not surprising. So, Favors, a guy I've drafted a lot. Uh, I think he's a great bounce-back candidate. We saw this guy put up first-round value at time, said that before. But I'm down to take Favors, man, especially with how... Uh, the dearth of Biggs late in drafts. Uh, he's apparently looked pretty good. He's in great shape, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I, I like him, and I love Rodney Hood. And then also of note, uh, Tony Jones said that basically Mitchell's going to be the seventh man in the rotation. So another rookie who, again, mm-hmm. dazzled in summer league. So he, if you want to bet against Rodney Hood and you're in a 16-team league, uh, and maybe that's why Jonas has, has been very anti-Hood of, of us, he seems to like in the least, because... He he wants Mitchell to break out, so I feel like whether he knows it or not, that that's why he's low on hood. Um, <laughs> but uh, what what are your impressions on the Jazz? Rubio again was just fantastic, no surprise there. Yeah, uh, who we love too. Rubio's gonna, I think Rubio's gonna kill this year.
0: Yeah, I'm am loving Rubio, especially because you know usually when you can get him, you can afford to to get a guy who doesn't score very much. Um, he's yeah, he you know he's definitely a multi-cat specialist, but if you're looking for a mid-round point guard, he's he's fantastic at assists and steals, and those are two very hard categories to find. So I'm I'm loving Rubio. I think he's going to be a great fit in Utah. I've said before, their defense is going to be ridiculously good. Um, Hood, I'm, I'm not the highest guy on. Maybe joining Jonas here just because of the durability issues, I don't love. Um, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. I think he's he's a very underrated player because they do not have depth you look at their depth you got alec burks can't trust him at point guard you got dante exum who's just a still a giant question mark after years in the league raul neto um you know they, they just don't have a lot of depth there until you maybe you know at small forward they've got cephalosha and joe johnson now yep. but that's another reason to like favors too they they added jerebco behind him but that's about it and Honestly, you look at this roster, they need someone else to score. So if Favors isn't kind of looking like two years ago himself, a go-to option, post-up guy, they're going to struggle most nights to produce points. Even if Gobert takes another leap forward and, you know, no one's expecting Rubio to start becoming a knockdown shooter. Hood can take another step, but a guy like Joe Ingles is just a role player, so they really need Favors to, to step up, which is another reason to like him. And he posted top 60 value even on a cumulative basis for 3 years uh before last season so um tons of people are disappointed in him tons of people have him on their never again list so mm. i think i think you're right and you said that you've drafted him a lot i'm assuming that's you know in, in the 100 to 120 range 100
1: yeah pretty much right about 100 yeah
0: yeah seems uh, and like after a call, solid, solid gamble right
1: yeah i'll take Collie's time before i'll take favors That's Usually, once I see Collie Stein go, I'm like, "Eh, I'm probably taking favors here.
0: Yeah, and power forward centers, we've talked about it, but they dry up. And power forwards, especially in in ESPN, which isn't as lenient with uh, position eligibilities, you're going to, you know, if you haven't drafted a power forward in the early rounds, a guy like Favors can look really good.
1: Yep. Uh, One other thing I do want to add is, like, hinted at it, Rudy Gobert is unreal. I mean, I I think he's just going to be just crush. I mean, I think he could be a top four player in fantasy um, with the block output. Hopefully he can his free throws, but I think Ricky Rubio, the Timberwolves were 97th percentile in role man scoring last year, and a lot of that's on Rubio. So, uh, And again, he was neck and neck all season with DeAndre Jordan for points per possession on rolls. So, yeah, I love Rudy Gobert. Um, next thing we got is some Nets talk. We saw Alan Crabb Rolled his ankle, was in a walking boot day-to-day. Sounds like he's going to miss a weekish. That's a total guess on my part. But they have, he's still with the team. He didn't stay behind. So it's a day-to-day thing again. It doesn't sound, sound like BS to me. Um, but we love Crab. We've talked about him a lot. So if you're new to the pod, he's one of our favorite targets. I've been calling him kind of auto-porter light uh, for what his output, kind of across the board, defense, solid percentages, lots of threes. Uh, so I love uh, Crab. Anything you want to add on him? Does this
0: injury knock him down to do you? Uh, maybe just a little bit, but yeah. no, nothing, nothing too huge. I'd, I'd like to see him. Sh- I, I, I might not be as high on him as the rest of the road world War crew, but, but you're right. um... You know, he's just in a perfect position to thrive. Yep. The only thing, like, after the break last year, he only averaged one assist in 29 minutes per game. So that's one of those things that I think he can improve upon at Brooklyn. So.
1: Right. They're going to need more ball handling. Um, exactly. And not going to play over 30 minutes, we don't think. And they want to put D'Angelo off the ball as well. So, um, yeah, great, great spot for him. And the other noteworthy Nets thing today, or the other day, was Ronnie's going to play some five. Um, next to, so they're saying, Damari Carroll. And go super small out front. I don't think it's that crazy. And this is another thing they talked about a lot in April. Atkinson really wanted Rondé to bulk up. I can't really tell if he did because I haven't really you know seen him with uh, with his sleeves. Like he's been in like t-shirts. They're doing like some super cool Brooklyn fashion thing. That's like the only Rondé thing I've seen uh, as far as how he looks. But I'm down with Rondé again if he's like the anti reddick right? Where if you you know, if you're loaded up on threes and you want a guy upside and like we said, we love drafting nets late. I'm very interested in Ronde, and it sounds like they want to play him and also have him handle the ball a little bit. We saw him handle the ball a lot instantly. So it yeah. could be a real sneaky guy for assists and plenty of steals and not much scoring, but maybe he can get
0: you seven eight boards too. Like liking him and honestly I haven't landed him in any drafts, but I feel like it's just because there are so many swingmen that I that I like in that range. Like um you know, Kent Bazemore's in the mix. Torian Prince, there's just so many guys that kind of fit this mold. I uh, wish RHJ hit more threes, but y- you love him as a guy who won't kill you in percentages, and he's gonna. his potential for defensive stats is terrific. So as a late-round pick, sure, yeah, especially if, as you mentioned, the favorite to start a power forward. If he's going to get minutes at the five, so much the better.
1: Yep, uh, so moving to the Knicks, uh, staying at NYC here, uh, Frank Niloquina. I uh, Had some stuff, they called him the next Kyrie Irving, where Ramon Sessions did, whatever that means. Uh, I don't see how their games are very similar. But anyways, and also, his winspins legit, man, from what I've seen uh, in videos. He's just a long, long man. Uh, but they're talking about playing him at the two, and playing with the three as well, because of that length. So, it's been a pretty good two weeks, if you're a Neil Aquina guy. Uh, again, swinging and missing on the free agent market, excluding Jared Jack and Sessions. I'm, I've i taken him in a couple leagues. Uh if I'm short on point guards and want to grab him, I'm down, man. Uh I could see I could take him. Um again he's he's kinda kinda Ronde-ish. Not gonna really shoot a lot of threes. I don't think he's gonna be great for percentages, but he could be a plus blocks guy for point point guards. And the steals will be there. And looks like a decent rebounder too.
0: Yeah, my only <laughs> I usually feel like when he's available in a place I'd be comfortable taking him. There's always more proven assets, and he's—I mean, you—you know—you love the mystery box, so this seems like a like a great flyer for you. Um, I'm just—he's a complete question mark because he's never played more than 19.3 minutes per game overseas, which was last year um, when he averaged. You know, five points, 2.3 rebounds, one and a half assists, 0.7 steals, 0.2 blocks. There's just so many unknowns. I I don't know. You're right. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. He looks like he could be a, you know, three-position defender. Um, They like him at point guard. He's definitely going to play some shooting guard. Uh, It's just the sample size is so small. So I need to see more from him before I'm, I'm really confident taking him as a flyer.
1: Yeah, strictly last round. And, I mean, I'm not doing this in leagues. That I'm with, uh, with non you guys, where we're taking all these these moors and Rondes and all these names we keep throwing out, because I'll take those guys. But uh, if I'm in a league where you know I am with you guys and Jonas doesn't jump on him, Jonas is another guy who jumps on him really fast. Um, I, I take a look at him in the last round. Um, Porzingis is getting better, had a little injury, but he looks like he's going to be okay. We love Porzingis. Uh, we talked about that before, so we won't hit that again. Uh, moving to the Pelicans, couple interesting quotes there. Uh, Check Diallo says he wants to be the sixth man, and that's a viable thing for them. They're going to need to play very front court heavy. Tony Allen said they're going to, quote, feed Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, who, by the way, they both had a 32.6 usage rate after the break last year on the same team. Didn't play together too much. Uh, but there's a little bit of opportunity here for Diallo. Guy really wowed at Summerlee. They talked him up. Um, Gentry said that he's going to have to earn his playing time. So, it's not full on ready to go. He didn't he didn't hype him up as much as I wanted him to. So, he's one of my probably top 10 players to watch in the preseason, but he's got my attention. Uh we've seen AD, we know about the injury concerns. Boogie as well has been dinged up the past few seasons. So, there's opportunity for him here as is kind of he's not in the Rashawn Holmes handcuff tier. But he's up there uh, for a guy if you want a handcuff in a 16-team league with maybe weekly rosters. I think he's definitely a guy you want to have on your team.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to call him a sneaky handcuff. Um, <laughs> especially if you have AD or Cousins, mm-hmm. you might look at someone like Alexis Oginsome and think, you know, that that's your guy. But <laughs> I think Diallo could actually be better. Um, especially because Dante Cunningham, they're going to need more small forward, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Solomon Hill injured, they've got Tony Allen, Darius Miller, like their wing depth just isn't there. So, and they don't have a lot of front court depth or depth period. So a guy like Diallo could be really interesting. Um, another guy that's kind of funny to point out, I think last year, unless I'm mistaken, he had a really good summer league. Looks like he could be a, you know, breakout kind of sneaky rookie and just kind of did nothing. So it's another one of a million cautionary tales about rookies, and yeah. especially on teams, teams with... uh you know, establish starters ahead of them and playoff intentions. Yeah.
1: And then also Gentry said that both Ron, Rondo and Drew are going to bring up the ball depending on what play they're going to run. So they're going to run stuff for both. Uh, they are really talking up Drew Holiday as an off-ball guy with cutting and knockdown shooting. He's always been a pretty solid shooter. So I, I have yet to draft Drew. Uh, I'm always going DSJ or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, have you got any Drew? And obviously we don't go Rondo. We don't. We don't do that here
0: i have not actually um nope i helped my friend greg santos draft a team and he drafted drew during the brief moment when we kind of dropped out of contact (laughs) and that was fine it was it was actually a great fit for the team um but no i i haven't taken him myself but what do you think's happening at small forward for new orleans they've got do you think tony allen starts and Maybe Dante and Darius Miller help fill the gap until Solomon Hill's back? Or?
1: Yeah, I think it's got to be Tony Allen. And like we said, that they're going to have Drew guard the, quote, Paul Georges and Kevin Durant, which is quite quite a quote um, from Gentry. But, yeah, I think that makes sense. Obviously, we're not touching Tony Allen for fantasy. Can't stay right. on court and does, doesn't score.
0: Yeah, um, it's just a blank for fantasy value.
1: Yep. Anything else? Yep. Nope. Alright, so moving on. Um, okay, so I, I got a, a quick story. I did about five, four or five mocks last night. And the first one, you're not going to believe this. I did a mock where I didn't get any of these guys. Zero. Jamal Murray didn't get him. Dennis Smith <laughs> didn't get him. Mar- Marquise Chris didn't get him, And Aaron Gordon didn't get any of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who were you drafting with? Uh, apparently people listening to this podcast. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I shouted it out to. So, any of you guys, uh, I hate you guys for. No, 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 I definitely appreciate that you guys actually are um, taking my opinion and using it. That's cool. So, uh, hopefully, they all ball out. But they uh, both Gordon and Chris had some good newsy stuff. Uh, Alan Williams is out till basically March, they're saying. And they've really talked of him playing the five. Uh, it's lining up really nicely for Chris, who we all love. He. Uh, He's, he's just such a strong target for me. I, I have to get Marquise Chris uh, and Gordon. He's, quote, ready to make that jump. Um, they've been showing off him handling the ball a lot on team videos and all that. We, we not, not quite Willie Cauley-Stein laughable, but uh, it's setting up so nice for Gordon. Uh, I, I want those guys. They're probably two of my top five must-get players. Um, I love them both.
0: Yeah, and what's what's particularly appealing about them for me, I love some sort of proven track record and both of them after the break last year given expanded opportunities you know both right around 30 minutes and both turned in mid-round value uh young guys only getting better so everything's pointing up and you're right chris can't be in a better position with alan Alan williams out they don't want to play tyson chandler so they're either going to trade him or bench him after the all-star break uh, which leaves you with Alex Len, who they don't seem comfortable playing more than 24 minutes a game anyway. So there's just, you know, between the power forward job, which is his to lose, or not to lose, but his, you know, full stop uh, and and a center minutes, he's just in a great spot. And, and it's really funny to think about how last year, if we were talking about this, it would have been a toss up between Chris and Bender as a kind of like sleeper. Young, young power forward in the Suns, and now we're not even talking about Bender.
1: Yeah, although I will add, uh, they Watson said that they're going to put Bender at the five uh, to help alleviate the loss of Williams. Again, he mentioned Bender and he mentioned Chris, he didn't mention Alex Slam, which kind of caught me by surprise. So, like you said, they're, they're kind of just they have him, he's just there as depth, it seems like.
0: Yeah, um, but, but before we move on from Suns, what do you think about Josh Jackson?
1: Uh, well, in case you missed it, he he calls uh Stephen Curry. Uh, smaller and un- un- unathletic, which is very. Uh, I, I kind of. I-, I read that quote in Donald Trump voice. Uh, it just. It, it seemed like something he would say. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I like him. We've we've had the he'll play five positions talk, and uh, and I still like T.J. Warren, um, and that, that's the other thing too. Uh, Warren is getting killed for ADP because of that, and. They're going to play different positions. I think they're going to play them together. They're going to play Warren 2 through 4. So I would take him. uh, But Jackson's a a great target uh, if you want upside and the old mystery box. Uh, I would probably lean Tatum, but it's super close. Uh, Jackson probably has higher upside. Definitely has higher upside.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, I still love Warren. I'm with you. I think he's falling too far in drafts. I've been able to steal him consistently. Because I think people are terrified about Jackson's impact, but I don't think it's going to be as as extreme as as people may think.
1: Yeah, he's he's a really really good player. Their best wing defender. They need him to play well and play big minutes, and he's going to score too. TJ buckets, man. Um, so Pistons. We'll kind of be quick here. Uh, Luke Kennard has been apparently outstanding. Uh, he's had quote more ups than downs, according to Stan Van Gundy. We also saw uh, Stanley Johnson. We saw a report he was the uh, best trade piece, which was is always interesting to hear from other league execs who told that to Vincent Ellis of Detroit Free Press, great reporter. Um, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm interested to take Stanley. Uh, I love his upside. I was really big on him coming out of college. Maybe I'm biased because I saw a lot of his games, but yeah, I, he's a guy I, I, I wouldn't mind taking late. Uh, I would again. I would take these guys we're talking about. I would take Jackson or Tatum or Jalen Brown. Or I would I take Stanley Johnson over Winslow though. Um, but yeah, he's got my attention, uh, and then also the Luke Kennard thing, they're kind of battling it out for, I think, the 8th or ninth man in rotation, so something to watch in preseason, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you kind (laughs) of nailed it, like, people battling for 8th or ninth in the rotation who have no track record of fantasy value, not, not gonna be high in my book. Um, Stanley Johnson, it's nice to hear that he's getting praised during the, training camp in the preseason but you know he shot 37% as a rookie he fell down to 35% last year under 70% from the line under 30% from deep um so it would take a very specific league setting for me to go anywhere near Stanley Johnson I need him to prove to me that he can knock down shots
1: you're basically betting in kind of similar Avery Bradley who's in a big 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 spot you're betting against an Avery Bradley injury If if you take Stanley Johnson,
0: yeah, and uh, I can't imagine that in a twelve-team league there wouldn't be better options. Even in fourteen-team leagues, I'm I'm not getting behind Stanley Johnson.
1: Yep, and also Jonas. uh, Well, Jonas likes Xavier Bradley though, but he drafts he drafts a lot of Stanley Johnson. So, anyways, uh, last thing: recent news, kind of the the most recent big news of the week uh, from recording this pod on Friday evening. Glenn Robinson the, the third is out two months with a severely sprained ankle. This is bad. I mean, obviously he's not a superstar player, but there is no doubt in my mind that the Pacers have the worst wing depth in the NBA going into the season. They're looking at Victor Oladipo, Lance Stevenson, and Bohan Bogdanovich. That's pretty much it. Um, so I, they, I almost
0: want to raise you the Grizzlies, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, the Grizzlies have. I think Wayne Selden played really well. Tyreek's right, there. They have,
0: they have a little bit of depth. Yeah,
1: James Ennis. It's not. It's not a competition. And Chandler Parsons also. Uh, we wanted to mention, but like you said, it's like talking about the weather. It's just not fun. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, man. Uh, I uh, I don't know what to do. I don't. I I don't think I could take Bohan, but. I, it's interesting. This guy's just so empty on the stat sheet that it's it's tough to grab him. you got to think this helps Victor Oladipo, although he would probably play next to Lance Stevenson more. But Victor Oladipo, I mean, this guy is clear the runway for him for minutes and opportunity. They need him to ball out, man. And like we've been saying, whoever of the Rotor World crew picks first in the fourth round takes Oladipo. <laughs> so... Um, and I wrote up a, a quote-unquote perfect draft, uh, and I, I put him as my fifth round pick. And that's probably where most guys could grab him. Um, just take him in the fifth, hope for upside, hope for the Orlando Magic version of Depot, who is yeah. in great shape and all these great things we we love to see. We like to say, yeah, it doesn't really, it's not a big big win, but it's a nice little positive that he's in shape. And we see guys that just don't get that, and it's I like I like hearing that.
0: Yeah, I mean Oladipo is their highest paid player coming into his prime on a roster full of you know career low usage guys thaddeus young al jefferson's a shadow of himself Darren collison's trying to rebound from, you know from some some injury problems you've got uh lance stevenson it's just this roster is built for victor oladipo to ball out yeah so i i I mean i think he's gonna be awesome miles turner obviously is going to be like option one b um they got rid of high usage, low efficiency Monte Ellis. They stretched his contract. There's just not a lot, you know. You look at the roster; someone's got to step up. Yeah. So yeah, Vo is in a perfect spot. Ter- terrible looking roster, but but that that often <laughs> yields great fantasy rewards because you know that their main guys are just gonna feast.
1: Yep, and they're gonna play faster too. It sounds like so. There's massive opportunity here. Um, I'm down for Collison. I haven't been aggressively targeting him. And he falls, man. You could get him, like, yeah, 120. Yeah, after 100. Yeah. So, if you miss on point guards, I would definitely take Collison over the Akina and these other very mystery boxy. Very, very, very. Like, over Tatums and those guys. I think Collison We're, is pretty much... Sad. I mean, he's a really high fantasy floor guy, man. Uh, very solid for the field.
0: Very solid. You're right. I think he's going way lower than he should. And where is he going in drafts? that you've been in compared to Reggie Jackson, for instance?
1: Uh, Reggie Jackson usually goes... Uh, actually, it depends. If I draft with people who are pretty savvy, it's probably Collison and then Reggie Jackson around and a half later. But if I'm drafting with people who don't really seem like they're locked in on fantasy, usually it's Jackson because uh, I guess they saw him. We've seen peak Jackson. Uh, what, last year, I think, Reggie Jackson, or two years ago, Jackson went, like, third round or something. I saw people reach for him like crazy. So, yeah. So... Um, but yeah, I, I'm down for Collison for sure. Definitely a, a guy that I like to take. Uh, I would probably. How about this? Um, Collison or Pat Bev? That's your boy. Uh,
0: they're kind of neck and neck, but yeah. I, I think I'll take Pat Bev. And I'll
1: take Collison just so we could disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add? Again, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about. No, I like cookies.
0: I like ending on a on a disagreement. That's great. Yes,
1: we're we just in there. All right, so we, you guys, we never, en- we never do. So. Yeah. So you guys enjoy your weekend. Lots of football this weekend. Um, go Joe Mixon. I got a lot of Joe Mixon uh, going on. Um, also training for Mari Cooper the week, so i pretty happy about that. Uh, Botlow Alright, so you guys take care, and thanks for coming on, Mike.
0: You got it, Mike.